Welcome to Here's Teresa on Talk Zone with your host, Teresa E. Keeves. Teresa is here to inspire and educate you with heartwarming stories and informative conversations from a national and global perspective. Now, here's Teresa. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning to all of my international listeners. This is Teresa E. Keeves, your host for Here's Teresa, broadcasting on the great TalkZone.com internet radio. And um, I miss talking with you guys, but here I am for my monthly, you know, shout out to you all with great news and great conversations that um, I will be having with um, business coach extraordinaire, Michelle Kubis, and she's also a a fantastic writer and uh, she's just a fantastic person and she's going to be joining us shortly so I just want to uh, you know say hi you guys out there and how have you all been doing and I hope that you all are out there being um, great people and knowing that um, nothing lasts forever but God's love and I know that um, there's still a lot going on in our in our country in our world but the hope is is that um everything will be you know everything will be good so i um want to start off by um expressing my condolences to the family of colin powell um he as i'm sure you all know that you know heard that he transitioned and um from this virus complications and he was battling cancer as well and um Just a little background on him. You know, he was the first black U.S. secretary of state in this country and chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. Um, CNN's uh, Devon Cole reported on 10-19-2021 in part that Colin Luther Powell was born April 5th, 1937 in Harlem, New York, to Jamaican immigrants. After growing up in South Bronx, Powell attended school at the City College of New York, where he participated in ROTC leading the precision drill team and attaining the top rank offered by the corps cadet colonel. I says that I like the structure and the discipline of the military, Powell said, according to CNN's profile of him in the early 2000s. He said, I felt somewhat distinctive wearing a uniform. I hadn't been distinctive in much else. Though Powell never mounted a White um, House bid, When he was sworn in as Bush's secretary of state in 2001, he became the highest ranking black public official to date in this country, standing fourth in the presidential line of secession. Later in his public life, Powell would grow disillusioned by the Republican Party's right wing lurch and would use his political capital to help elect Democrats to the White House most notably Barack Obama, the first black president whom Powell endorsed in the final weeks of the 2008 campaign. The announcement was seen as a significant boost for Obama's candidacy due to Powell's widespread popular appeal and stature as one of the most prominent and successful black Americans in public life. Powell is survived by his wife, Alma Vivian Johnson Powell, whom he married in 1962 as well as three children. Rest in peace, God's beautiful child. Now, listeners, you know, um, this is why, you know, it's important 
to live your life as best as you can, to not be hunkered down with, you know, nonsense, you know, in the, you know, in your embodiment of your soul, you know, so um, instead of um, um, having uh, my monologue, I just want to, you know, give you guys some good life sayings, things that are precious to me and and true. And, um, you know, this is once again, things that you for me is important to remember. And it's important that we take stock in what we're saying, for example, every day. Some people just blurt out things. They don't think about what they're saying. Um, a lot of people don't think about what they're thinking. Um, some people, you know, don't take stock in what they're reading, um, what you're watching on TV, um, what you're eating, <laughs> uh, who you're talking to, and what gossipy conversations are you engaging in. So here's some words of light, love, and encouragement that I would like to start uh, with uh, before I bring on my guest. Be kind, listeners, to yourself. That is where it starts first, and then be kind to others. Our thoughts are prayers, and we are always praying. Our thoughts are prayers. Be careful what you are saying. Words, listeners, manifest negative actions. If you speak negativity, Reverend T.D. T. D. Jake says that misery comes from wasted opportunity in life. Remember, I said to be cognizant always. Victoria Olsting says, be instruments of peace. Don't engage in arguments, listeners, as Joel Olsting says, drop it, leave it and let it go for your sake. Do not hold on to bitterness, guilt or hurt. You can recreate yourself over and over and over again. There is no limit because God is limitless. Proverbs 14:30 says, "A heart at peace gives life to the body, but envy rots the soul." When you hear someone saying something that is wrong, for example, do you feel that it is your duty to always correct people in what they what they have said? Joel Olstein says that I was not put on this earth to straighten everybody out. Trust me, it's less stressful and less stress is the best. Now, I'm going to end my segment, listeners, by saying this. Never le- neglect the little things. Never skimp on that extra effort, that additional few minutes, that soft word of praise or thanks, that delivery of the very best that you can do. It does not matter what others think of you. It is of prime importance, however, that you think about you. You can never do your best, which should always be your trademark. If you are cutting corners and shrinking responsibilities, you are special, acted, never neglect the little things. And this is by Mandino. I appreciate you listening to that. Listeners, I am now going to bring on business coach and writer extraordinaire. And her name is Michelle Kubis. Thank you, Michelle, for being on my show this morning.
How are you? I'm great. Was that last one Odd Mandino, did you say? Uh-huh. Yeah, the, Odd Mandino. Mm-hmm. Yeah, The Greatest Secret in the World. That was yeah. a great book. Yes, yes. And I always like to, as you know, educate people on on different, you know, things. And um, I'm sure a lot of them know about Og Mandino, but um, I, I just thought it was so beautiful. I said, you know, I'm going to incorporate this in my um, show this, you know, this uh, this week, you know, particularly with everything that's still going on and stuff, you know, just just too much negativity going on right now. You know, it's just way too much. But, um, Michelle, I would like to start our conversation off with, um, you know, that this month is Breast Cancer Awareness Month. And um, it is important, ladies, that you keep up with having mammograms, not only when your doctor tells you to, but, you know, um, when you don't feel something is right and things like that. So according to Siemens HealthEiners.com, It states in part the following. It is routine job. Make a doctor's appointment once a year or every other year. Get checked. You know, get that done. Preventative measures are becoming more and more widely available, more common, and most of all, more efficient. Thanks to the rapid advancement of imaging procedures. Now, this is also um, true for breast cancer, which is now, Michelle, the most common type of cancer around the world, according to the um, WHO World Health Organization. Now, here's just a few facts, okay? Breast cancer is the second most common type of cancer after skin cancer in the U.S., for example. In Germany, it is already at the top of the list. Wow. The Robert Koch Institute currently assumes that one in eight woman, women will develop breast cancer over the course of their lives. The risk of illness increases with age. The age group between 50 and 69 years is at particular risk. However, women can also develop breast cancer before the menopause. Just under 3 in 10 women are under 55 when they are diagnosed. Breast cancer is not an illness that only women can get. About 1% of those affected are men. Now, it also says many women have reservations regarding screening tests, such as mammography, for example, because they are scared of a positive test result or of the examination itself, especially if they are lacking knowledge of the procedure, you know, or the or the, you know, the technology. I know for myself, um, Michelle and listeners, you know, I um, don't do the mammography. I do the uh, ultrasound because it's it's much clearer and, you know, you know, in, in his findings. Um, as is the case with many types of cancer, there is little that can be done to avoid the occurrence of breast cancer. That's unfortunate. It is not possible to influence certain aspects such as age, the hormonal situation, hereditary or risk genes. The causes of this type of cancer are still being studied. You know, the mammography for women have changed, uh, meaning you do not have to go every year. This is something, um, listeners, that should be discussed with your ob you know. And, uh, you know, as I, you know, a lot of you out there, you know, I do give myself um, self-exams. But I will admit that I, you know, I kind of skimped on it <laughs> this year, not doing it every month. And, I, oh, you know, I need to I need to do that. So, um, you know, and um, so then next year is coming up for my ultrasound, you know, but. You know, my guest, um, Michelle, 
Kubis is a breast cancer thriver. Okay. She told me in a recent conversation that there is a difference as to why she does not refer to herself as a survivor, but as a thriver. So, Michelle, do you mind talking to my listeners um, a bit about your experience and why you call yourself a thriver versus a survivor? Right. Well, I, I'll be happy to, to discuss it. Um, part, part of the issue is that people claim the disease. They call it my this and my that and, and so on. I never claim that. And a lot of it is attitudinal. Um, mm. I was very fortunate. Uh, the, the fact is I skipped a year when I uh, I. I had gotten a mam, uh, mammogram every year, and then mm-hmm. one uh, in seventy. Let's see, uh, four years ago, mm-hmm. uh, it was December. Let's see, two thousand seventeen. I'm thinking, yeah, uh-huh. in December, uh, I had the. I couldn't detect it. The, none of the doctors could feel it. And it was mm-hmm. through the mammogram, there was a shadow in the mammogram that they found uh, the, the, the cancer. So mm. uh, the reason I call myself a thriver is because I don't want to see myself as a victim. Mm-hmm. And that kind of mentality affects you. And mm-hmm. Deepak Chopra has a famous saying, he says, you're... Uh, immune system eavesdrops on your thoughts, and mm-hmm. uh, I believe I believe that. I think mm-hmm. uh, a lot of things, you know, we victimize ourselves. We don't need other people to do it. <laughs> so, yeah, mm-hmm. um, it's talk about being kind to yourself. That I think that's part of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it took a year of treatments and and all of that so it was like i had my life was on hold for a whole year Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. which is very uh disruptive you know especially if you're working or doing other things or if you're caretaking other people you have to take care of yourself Mm -hmm. exactly and you know that's what i you know tell you know we have to remind ourselves of that too you know what i'm saying michelle like sometimes Oh, yeah. um, you know, we give all of this good advice and then we find ourselves like, wait a minute, let me let me home in on some advice I'm always giving to people. You know, it's like, OK, yeah, I have to tell well. myself, you know, I'm you know, I'm OK. You know, all is well with me and that I'm good because I, I am a big fan of Deepak Chopra. And and it does, because, you know, as I said before, the mind is very, very powerful, you know, so. Uh, you can instruct the mind and the mind instructs the body, you know, so that's very good advice. So thank you for sharing, um, Michelle. I yes. really, you know, appreciate that. And I want um, all my listeners to know that she is all in well. So I'm yes, applauding on this on this on this end here. You know, um, she did her due diligence. She um, because I knew her, of course, as she was going through all of this and. I admired her and I prayed for her as well. So I'm glad that she is, that she is all good to go. So thank you. And that all helps by the way, having a support system is very important. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So now Michelle, let's talk about 
why are people still quitting their jobs at a record rate in this country? Okay. Now, on October 13, 2021, Wyatt Grantham Phillips of USA Today wrote an article about it. He says, across the country, people are leaving their jobs at record rates. According to data released by the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics on Tuesday, 4.3 million Americans quit their jobs in August. The nationwide quit rate increased to 2.9% of the workforce. That's the highest percentage ever reported by BLS Job Openings and Labor Turnover Survey Series. To put August numbers in perspective, the number of workers who quit their jobs rose by 242,000 from July and by around 1.3 million since August 2020, which recorded a total of almost 3 million quits. Now, experts stress that people are leaving their jobs as workers across the country are demanding higher pay, better employment conditions, and critical support in their daily lives. There is no labor shortage. There is a child care shortage, a living wage shortage, a hazard pay shortage, a paid leave shortage, and a health care shortage. This is what Robert Reich of UC Berkeley, he's a professor there, and he uh, teaches on um, public policy, and he's also the former U.S. Secretary of Labor, So now he says, until these shortages are remedied, Americans won't return to work anytime soon. Okay. So now, Michelle, I find this very concerning. And, you know, and and I'm appalled at the same time with a lot of questions, you know, like Robert Reich, what I just read that until these, you know, these needs are met, Americans won't return to work anytime soon. So with, okay, just common sense with rents and purchasing homes steadily increasing, education, you know, if someone wants to go to college and things like that, even community college, those those fees have increased. Food prices, gas prices are constantly going up. Automobile prices, proper health care is still out of reach for millions of Americans. You know, so what in the world is going on? How are people supposed to survive if they are not gainfully employed? I mean, that's just, (laughs) you know, what is it that organizational heads do not understand? That's another question I have. Do they not understand that their workers need a living wage? You know, for example, $15 an hour is not sufficient by no means to, you know, to help individuals support themselves and or their families. Another question, do they not understand that if people are not gainfully employed, that their products and services will not be bought? You know, are they blinded by ego and greed? You know, I'd like to hear your your take on that. I know it's a lot of questions, but I think this is going to be um, a good discussion because there's just so much of it going on in the world. And, and in our country in particular, it's like, for example, if you pay your bill, whether you pay for it online or if you mail it in or whatever, it's taking a long time for them to post it because so many people have quit. And the people that um, are still, you know, employed at these places, you know, they're doing double duty. So I'd like to hear your your thoughts about this, Michelle. 
Well, you've covered all the ground, and uh, uh, Robert Rice is, is absolutely correct. Mm-hmm. See, until, uh, as a business coach, I have worked with people who run their own companies and, and, and train their employees and so on. What happens mm-hmm. is that the greed, the greed has outrun the um, the benefit or the value or the purpose of the worker. It used to be people mm-hmm. had worked and worked and worked, and they worked themselves into the ground in these low-paying jobs. And, and oops, are you still there? I think that we had um. An interruption there, listeners. Um, my engineer is um, looking into that. So I'll just continue to talk um, about this subject until Michelle uh, rejoins us. Um, and I'll start by saying what um, she said last, that greed has outrun, <clears throat> excuse me, basically the value of what these organizational heads see in their workers. You know, they used to... Um, excuse me, organizations used to be more caring about their employees, you know, having worked in and managed and uh, still am um, in the in the corporate arena. They used to be so much more um, made it much more palatable for individuals um, as they were being employed. They, uh, for example, when you went in for um um, you know, your your interview, you know, they, they had great benefits they could discuss with you. Um, um, they were much more flexible, you know, okay, you can, in some positions it depended, um, you could work daytime or you had um, another shift. Like some people, I'm going to go back in the day, like they work from 7 to 3 or they can work from 3 to 11 or they can work from 11 to 7. And I'm sure a lot of those shifts are out there, but all of these um, um um, um, were designed so that <clears throat> organizational leaders uh, could continue to maintain the validity of their organization. Hi, Michelle. I, I think we had some kind of uh, little thing there, but yeah, I can hear you. Sorry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, that's okay. Um, so could you uh, pick up from you were talking about greed? Sure. I'm paraphrasing. Greed has outrun the value right. of the organization's workers and um, they seemingly don't care. You know, okay, so um, go ahead with that. Yes. Well, the the ratio between what the leadership of companies used to earn uh, was like, um, I, I'm not sure of the number, but it was maybe 70 times what the lowest person would earn. And mm-hmm. then now it's become, it's hundreds of times. It's mm-hmm. gone so off the rails that the, they... Um, that's even with the uh, with the tax deduction that they got uh, the unmentionable um, mm-hmm. that they they bought back their own stock and things like that. They didn't mm-hmm. invest in their company. They didn't invest in their workers. The thing is, mm-hmm. people won't don't want to take the risk to be exposed to this COVID. That mm-hmm. was a real earth shake. That was one of the things, and they questioned. You know, by the time they're done paying for daycare and the, the dry cleaning or whatever else they have to do, it's not yeah. even worth for them to leave the house. Exactly. Because so, I've, yeah, I've talked with people, I'm sorry not to interrupt you. Um, but I said, like, I, I, you know, I like to discuss this. Um, 
a lot of people, you know, take stock because I know that I did and I'm sure that that you did. And I, you know, and I, I would always, you know, I'm a I'm a numbers person. And it's like, okay, if I'm out here, I'm making this and this, you know, you have to pay for babysitters. And then my kids went to private school and all this. So you're just working, you know, so a lot of people um, say that that they were just working just to pay a babysitter, you know, I think it's like that, you know, so it's exactly. like, exactly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. So people what do you do? But these organizations, Michelle, is scary because as I said before, if people are not gainfully employed, who's going to be buying your products and your services? I mean, are they that blinded by, you know, I'm just going to say it, ego, greed and hate? I, You know what I'm saying? Are they that concerned about making sure that they receive their millions of, you know, you know, CEOs getting 35 million? And um, I, I think I discussed this on the last. And, and there's yeah. no accountability associated with it. They could have yeah. a terrible, terrible year and they still get their bonuses. So this, the whole mm-hmm. thing, I have seen philosophically, and I think you and I are in similar mind of this, I see this as a great cleanse, this whole process, that it's mm-hmm. cleaned out the cobwebs of all the horror that has built up over time. People are smarter than they used to be. Believe it mm-hmm. or not, you, sometimes talking to people, you wouldn't believe it, but I think part of the problem is people are so numb from the inundation of all this 24-hour news cycles and, and all these mm-hmm. things. I think modern living is, is actually deadly. I think it's the stress that is created from, mm-hmm. from that kind of thing. All the things people have to do, whether they're raising children or they're caretaking uh, family members. It's mm-hmm. just too much. Yeah. You know, years ago, I'm old enough that when I was a young married, it uh, uh, the ratio of if you were buying a house, that a quarter of your wages would be towards household expenses. Now, mm-hmm. it's more than half. Mm-hmm. Just to pay the rent, a mortgage. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. It's, it's, it's just... It's a form of slavery in my book. I, I mm-hmm. think that this is part of the healthcare conversation. This is why mm-hmm. the health, the insurance companies fought it for years. They were in cahoots with these companies that they held your your insurance. Mm-hmm. Your insurance didn't be tied to a job. No, it didn't because I know. It takes away your choice. Yeah. And then it's like, okay, so do I get, and then not only that, the premiums for your insurance, you know, when you're working, because I talk to, um, you know, people and, and things like that, you know, because, and, and, and even with me, it's like, it's so high. I mean, you can, coming out of a, a, a worker's paycheck, it, it could be in upwards of, of, of 100 or $200, you know, out of their check every time they get paid, you know, for their for their health care for themselves and, and, and their families. Oh, it's more than that. Trust yeah, yeah, I know. I'm just, that's just the bottom of it, you know, and it's like, okay, so if I'm, you know, every time I get my check, I, it's $250 out of it. You get, let's just say you get paid every other week. 
and $250 right off at the top for that. And then you got Uncle Sam with his stuff. And then you got this and blah, 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 blah. It's like, okay, what do I have? And I, I totally agree with you, uh, Michelle, that even though with a lot of people, when you talk to them, you think that they're like lost lambs in the woods. But, you know, people are also very smart. And I do agree with you that people are waking up. They're like, wait just one moment. I'm driving two hours in this crazy traffic and I'm making, you know, I don't know, $16 an hour. Yeah, you're and burning this, more and gasoline than, then, you know, yeah. than getting it. And, and this company is known as one of the top 10, you know, on the business scope. And, and, mm-hmm. and, and, and then not only that, Michelle, companies... You know, you used to get raises and stuff like every six months, you know, you would get a, a raise or something. Companies don't do that anymore. They don't, oh, you they know, don't I, do I, I've, I've yeah. heard people, Michelle, it's, it's, it's crazy. And, you know, because we're still in what you don't get a raise. Like when's the last time you got a raise? Like three years. I was talking to this, this woman, three years. Uh-huh. And they think that's okay. It's not okay. So. And, and and I understand what you're saying, but once again, I have to say it's the disconnection from the source. Okay, people are deciding I'm going to go the evil route than the you know than the than the route of the light, you know, and help people. Because what people don't understand is that when you're helping somebody else, you're helping yourself. You know, but I I do believe uh, that there is a awakening that's going on now, but it's kind of a scary awakening. Because well, you know, you because there isn't a lot underneath your feet at this point. Exactly. Because if you aren't earning, if you're not, uh, you, you know, the social security and all that, that can only go so far. And mm-hmm. it's, it's really, um, it's, it's, the choices are changing. What mm-hmm. we need to be able to have more choice, you have to take a job because you have to survive. And mm-hmm. the, uh, part of it, too, is this gig economy where people yes. are doing Uber and, and that kind of thing. And mm-hmm. um, I, I don't think it's that people are lazy. I don't, I don't put it down to that. I think mm-hmm. people are lost. And I think that having a regular, dignified job, I, this is where I like what Joe Biden has to say. I don't care if he's a Democrat or a, a communist. It doesn't matter. The fact is work has to do with esteem and purpose. And Mm -hmm. people aren't gainfully employed. They don't have a good structure in their life. And that's part of the issue is that, you know, too wishy-washy. It's like Mm -hmm. kids when they go off to college, if they they do a, you know, if they're not living at home and so on, they they go crazy because they don't have any structure. Mm -hmm. And they, they skip their classes and so on. And uh, also, I think that the we upgrade our phones more frequently than we upgrade our skills. And I think mm-hmm. this is part of the We have to be responsible for upskilling ourselves, not exactly. relying on everybody else to do it. And exactly. that's where the community mm-hmm. college comes in. And I think that Joe Biden is right. Twelve years in school, and our school system is disgusting. Twelve God. years is not enough. And no, it's it, not. And we need more emphasis on the certifications. Like people, um, one of my grandsons is um, 
he's a tech. He does great work with computers mm-hmm. and so on. But he had mm-hmm. to go through all these certifications and things in order yeah. to qualify. Yes. So there's no there's no harm. Now, not everybody's going to be a brain surgeon. Mm-hmm. And it could be a teacher and incur that kind of debt and get the kind of pay they throw at you. That's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, so, and uh, yeah. And so, you know, teaching. I just wanted to uh, tap in on something that you said about people are not lost. You don't believe that people are lazy. You believe that they are lost. Well, I think that is a combination of both because they go hand mm-hmm. in hand somewhat. Um, because if a person is lost, then therefore they have no value of their lives. So then therefore, well, if you a, have no value, okay, hear me out. If you have right. no value of your circle, life, though. then you become, then you become lazy. You become stagnant. Yeah. See, well, you become, it. you become immobile. So therefore that is a product of being lazy. And some people well, are just lazy. Some people yeah, are so tied up. Um, yeah. yeah. Some people are so tied up, Michelle, with all of this stuff that they see on TV all of these apps and this and that, and, you know, people are doing this and they're looking at all of these, you know, rappers and blah, 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 blah. And they're living vicariously through them. And they're thinking, you know, oh yeah, I could, I could do that. I could become a rapper. I can, you know, instead of saying I could become a brain surgeon, I can become, um, someone that, that helps clean up the air. I can become someone to make sure that, uh, to to close, not shorten, but to close the digital divide that people are are feeling, you know, with their, you know, for their for kids and things like that that are in school, you know, and and just so much as so many things, you know, so there the the in the engrossment that is going on right now with individuals is not good, and it has not been good for a very long time. So right. Yes. Yeah, so this is just a this is just the summation, and or the deduction of what yeah, all I just said. This has been going on, and people have been thumbing their nose right. up to it, turning their heads, looking down on people, and and so forth and so on, and doing all of these crazy irrational things instead of paying attention to what really matters. So right. now, in in from a historical um, 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 a point, Michelle. We, I think, on the last show or the show before, we discussed, uh, not in depth but briefly, about civilizations that have fallen. And it, it isn't the anything I'm that sorry, visualization about civilizations that has fallen, like the Roman Empire, and you know, oh, other yes, yes, yes. So this country, um, is so, you know on themselves, oh, we don't want any Mexicans in here, we don't want any Haitians in here, we don't want blah, 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 blah. And they're not paying attention to what is what is going to affect the whole grand scheme of things. They don't, they don't, they don't get that. They're too busy doing things and thinking things that they shouldn't be thinking and or they should not be seeing. So as I'm looking at it as a person that has foresight ability, okay, is that if something is not done um, more faster than not (laughs) regarding what you and I are discussing, 
that is a huge, not possibility, but a probability of the civilization in this country fallen. You understand what I'm saying, Michelle? Yeah, well, that's what we saw January 6th. There that you was the result. That was the result of pent up uh, frustration, anger, hatred. You pick all, pick a negative thought, and you got it. That's what mm-hmm. that was. Mm-hmm. It wasn't. That was building up for years. I mean, I'm old enough. To, I remember growing up here. This is not the country that I grew up in. This was the this whole discussion about this critical race theory and all of this. What? These people, this, you know what they call the uh, slave trade? The transatlantic crossing. You know, mm-hmm. they, they want to change all the terms and, mm-hmm. and all this. It's not just, uh, you know, African-Americans, black people, blue people, orange people. There's been, that's been going on since the beginning. They, they, mm-hmm. They're removing the statue of Thomas Jefferson from one of the galleries because, my God, the man was a slave owner. But not only was he a slave owner, he was vindictive because the woman, the Sally Hemings, that he had all these children with, mm-hmm. he freed on his deathbed. He freed his children, but he wouldn't free her. Now, mm-hmm. that's vindictive. I, mm-hmm. I, that, that, that turned my stomach. I just... So when I found that out, I just went all the other way. I just but but see, Michelle. Whole, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no. I'm just saying that you know no, we have this I agree. whitewashed history. People don't want to learn the facts and figures. It's not mm-hmm. pretty. Well, no, it is how they used to they used to do the riots with the Irish in Boston and in New York. You know. People, mm-hmm. it's, it's, take your pick, the mm-hmm. Jews, the Irish, the Germans, the the Jamaicans, you know, it, what's interesting about Colin Powell, rest his soul, uh, he's mm-hmm. one of my heroes, is exactly. that he lived in a very Jewish neighborhood, and he mm-hmm. he was fluent in Yiddish. Mm-hmm. He, he, he worked, I think he worked at a dry cleaners or something when he was a kid. And mm-hmm. he used to have all these Jewish customers come in, these little mm-hmm. old people. And he used to talk to them in Yiddish. Mm-hmm. You know, here's mm-hmm. this black man, this boy, working. And I thought that was terrific. So he had a whole different world view long before he ever became Secretary of State. And that's why mm-hmm. it's so important that we get out of these shells that everybody's put walls around everything. Exactly. It is. It's disgusting. And I mean, and I will say that um, um, me and my um, siblings, we grew up in Chicago, but the neighborhood that we grew up in, excuse me, the neighborhoods that we grew up in were always mixed. And, you know, my father, he, yeah, yeah, but my father, he, um, he, um, you know, um, uh, you know, build homes and he was extraordinary plasterer, you know, and he was he was the top ranking person to go in to the Jewish synagogues and repair their their, you know, their plaster and things in their in their synagogues. My father, uh-huh. Thomas Campbell, did that. And um, the other thing that I was going to say is that um, 
the the reason, and we've discussed this before, the reason that they don't want history talked about is because of all of the factual things that you eloquently stated. They don't want people to know, you know, transatlantic slave. No, it's like afraid. it's like it's like that these people came over here because they wanted to be bounded and not have nothing to spat upon and and all of that. They didn't come over here willy nilly. You know what I'm saying? No, they don't. They don't want. The they time. don't. They don't. Wait a minute. They don't. They, you know, they don't want people to know the actual truth because it will blast them. All right. It'll blast them well, in, in the, in, you know, and really showing the hypocrisy. But, but, but well, as you said, I don't think said, they care about hypocrisy. I think they're afraid that people are going to turn on them. That's what they're afraid but of. This is, but this is what I'm saying. This- that, but it, it is, it's, it's the hypocrisy, Michelle, because it's like, okay, you've been telling me this all along. You've been saying that, you know, um, um, you know, black Americans, you know, that they're lazy, they ship, they're shiftless, they're this and that and the other. And so now we have factual information that that if we that that the air conditioners that we sit in was invented by a black man. The, the stoplights that you'll get a ticket for that you run was invented by a black man. The stop sign that right. if you run that was invented. So I'm just saying, you know, the the, the first heart transplant was a woman of color. So I mean, you know, it but but they but let them tell it. It was it's a whole different story. So it but is hypocritical. Them? It is hypo- it of is hypocritical. It's hypocritical. It's hypocritical, but it's grounded in it's like in they're hate. afraid that the inmates are gonna take over the asylum. You know, that, well, they that's just, what it, that, that just may happen, Michelle, and that's what that's what is happening. You know, you want you know, you know what I'm saying? And they don't they don't want people to know. But let me say this. So the article goes on to say uh, Julia Pollack, she's the chief economist at Zip Recruiter. She says a high number of job openings can contribute to the quit rate, quit rate. Pollack acknowledged there may be potentially positive uh, effects that come with these employment shifts. This is on the on the vein of what is being discussed now. With pressure gaining on companies to create healthier work environments and competitive pay exactly. and benefits, for example, Pollock added. Right, they're being that, poor. Yes, Pollock added that there's been a significant increase in demand for remote positions uh, since the beginning of the pandemic. More than 50% of sur- our survey job seekers on ZipRecruiter are looking to work from home. And it's an, an <coughs> excuse me, and it's all because. Excuse me. It's all because, you know, babysitters, you know, we talked about that. Um, people working from home are more productive. You know, um, it, it working from home isn't for everyone. OK, some people needs that regimented ruling, as, as I have said, you know, before that they need to go inside and work. And a lot of people want to go inside and, and work for whatever the reason is. Well, that's um, it's, it's, answer yeah, it's, it's less house. cost. Yeah, it's less cost on buying clothing for work, for example. Gas, less wear and tear on your vehicle, vehicles and less, less wear and tear on your mind just having to get out there and deal with all of that. And they uh, and they have feel that they're safer, you know, from the pandemic. Now, all of those are my examples. And I'm sure somebody else has, you know, more to say. But I'm just I'm I'm just saying, you know, so I I, I you know, and I and I know that. 
you know, with all due respect, I know you said that this is not the country that that you grew up in. But as a person of color, I've always seen that something outlandish was going to happen. You know, because every day I walk out my door, it has to be it has to be it has, you know, it's on. You know what I, I mean? So before Please. I walk out my door, you know, I have God in front, back, top, bottom, and both sides of me. That's, you know, and that's the prayer for me and, and my family, fiery hedges, protection, all of that, you know, and, you know, to keep, you know, my mentally acuity grounded and things like that, you know, because you run into these stupid people daily basis and you have to pick yeah. your battles. You have to pick your battles. Yeah, but look all at time. how many, look how much schooling you had. Look how... Look at the people that you surround yourself with. You were Mm -hmm. talking about rappers before. If that's your idea of a healthy upbringing and a way to your your lifestyle, that's what you're going to seek out. That's Mm -hmm. what that's what the role model is. That's why it's so important that that any leadership positions have a representative. Look at women in the workplace. Are you kidding? It, mm-hmm. it took forever. If you ever watched the show called Mad Men, it was terrific. How they treated women and they women. And mm-hmm. How they treat well, I mean, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Forget what color you are. You're, wow. you're a woman. You might as well pack it in. You I mean, know, and and I yeah, mm-hmm. I want to get on to talk about um, another subject, but if yeah, women are ahead. still mis- yeah, women are still mistreated. In, in the workplace, oh, you know, we can have much more education than than our male counterpart, especially if they are, you know, white and they get paid much more than a person that is of color. Now, this right. is and my experience, person of color, and I got experience, education. Exactly. I am the package and you're not. OK, so that's right. another discussion. But OK, that's thanks for that, Michelle. Day. So, OK, <laughs> let's move on and talk about something. Show. Let's talk about something else, which is voter suppression. Okay. Ah, Will it ever stop? All right. ACLU.org on August 18, 2021, talked about the voter suppression in this country. Titled Block the Vote. How how politicians are trying to block voters from the ballot box. And this stuff is is getting more and more um, um, momentum every day. In part, it says the following, Michelle. Voting should be as easy and accessible as possible. And in many states, it is. But... In recent years, more than 400 anti-voter bills have been introduced in 48 states. These bills right, erect unnecessary, yeah, these bills erect unnecessary barriers for people to register to vote, vote by mail, or vote in person. The result is a severely compromised democracy, and that doesn't reflect the will of the people. Our democracy works best when all eligible voters can participate right. and have their voices heard. But now, we have so, ourselves to blame for that. Because yes. the vote turnout in this country is disgusting. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. It's, it's a lackluster of it. And, and I and I know that in the get. recent I'm I'm sorry, I know that in the recent um you know, voters they were showing, you know, uh, people in line and, and so forth and so on. But still it it I mean how are you going to have major, you know, major, you know, people to vote for and things like that to hear your voice? And then you don't you hear a lot of people still saying, Michelle, um, that, well, it doesn't matter. But it does matter because but if it the, did the not. Okay, here, yeah, here's the whole thing, Michelle. 
here's the whole thing. All right. You have this uh, gerrymandering and all of this stuff has been going on forever. I mean, we could take it back to to Bush's father. Okay. And so with the gerrymandering and things like that going on. And if it was not people of color, if your vote did not matter and it would not make a difference, there would be no gerrymandering. There would be no voting voter suppression. See, because they still want people of color to think that their vote doesn't matter, that they're that they are less in population versus their white counterpart, which is not true. Um, it says that this article says suppression efforts range from the seemingly un- um, unobstructive, like strict voter ID laws and cuts to early voting, to mass purges of voter rolls and systemic disenfranchisement. These measures yeah. disproportionately impact people of color, students, right. <laughs> the elderly, and people with disabilities. And long before election cycles even begin, legislators redraw, this is what I'm talking about, this is Jerry Mandering, redraw district lines that determine the weight of your vote. So listeners, this hateful act continues to grow by leaps and bounds with hundreds of years of blood, sweat, and tears from people fighting to maintain their inclusionary rights in this country, which one of them Mm -hmm. is the right to vote. But yet this country, the United States of America has talked to other country leaders about the need to treat their citizens with respect and dignity. And uh-huh. yet, check this country. I love this country. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. You don't love, no, I do. I love this country. But I'm just talking about the ills of this country. Who continues to fail in its due diligence to people of color, black Americans, whatever. I would like to know just why. Do the voting right for black Americans have to be renewed ever so many years, Michelle? What the hell is up with that? No, it's just they are not renewing. There is no renewal of white American to vote. But here comes the but. Black American votes as always on the dang online. Why is that? They're always online. Yeah, um, online, the voting, you know what I'm saying? Like, okay, we have to renew. Why is that online? What I mean is that when I say something is online, that's a term from back in the day. Okay, this is, you know, like you say, oh, your job is on the line. It's iffy. Oh, All right. Oh, I so, see. Okay. Yeah, so why is All it iffy? It's on the line. Oh, maybe we because will it's, and it's, maybe we it's won't. A, it's systematic racism. Exactly. That's all. Exactly. I mean, we'll be counting bubbles on a bar of soap any minute. You know, I mean, it's like, uh, it's, I'm telling you, this is a cleanse as far as I can see. It's the only thing that lets me get up in the morning because mm-hmm. I don't believe that everybody likes this. And if everybody no, would vote, if everybody would get out and vote, mm-hmm. then we wouldn't have this problem. See, they count on the apathy. That's how these clowns get into service and start drawing these lines. Mm-hmm. They're, they're, 
it's, they're actually minority um, party that's doing this right now. I'm telling you, if we lose this thing, this this vote in Congress and whatever, mm-hmm. I'll tell you that Jayapal, she's fantastic. Pramila Jayapal, she's fabulous. Mm-hmm. She, she speaks uh, on the topic. She's an advocate for all these voters' uh, rights and so on. But mm-hmm. I'll tell you, some of these, the Jim Jordans and all those other clowns, how they, they still are... They're fostering this lie. I mean, this is a, this is a takeover. That's yeah. really what it is. But I mean, how it, you know, speaking to what you just said, and knowing the evilness, and no, I don't believe because going back his his history, you know, uh, and this is why it's important to teach history factually. Okay, is yeah. that there were people of all races that was walking along Dr. Martin Luther King, honey. And all the rest of them. So I just want to say that. Oh, I know. I know. I just want to I just want to say that. And I just also want to say that black Americans have for decades fought for the right to vote in this country, to be recognized that we are human beings, too. And we have and should continue to have the right to vote in this country like white Americans. So some of the things that are happening in this country are more than just shaking your head and mind blowing. And furthermore. I want to, you know. I want people to ask, you know, yourself, you know, is this right? What's going on? Is this right? What I'm what was really happening? You know, is this good uh, for the betterment of this country? To consistently ignore Michelle and and push away its citizens because of the color of their skin. Right. I, well, you know, or them. their disability. I, I got know. four minutes. I got four minutes. Time went by, okay. went by fast, didn't it? The color of their what, skin, what their I'm disability, saying. or because they are students. When you examine it with clarity and common sense, it makes no sense. So it's remember, you know, I have, I have, um, I have four minutes. So uh, I would like to hear your take on that. No, I, I'm agreeing with what you're saying. I, I think part of it is everybody talks about their rights. I mm-hmm. rarely hear people talk about their responsibility and the, yeah. the, the simplest responsibility is to vote. And, and so many people do not vote. That's not mm-hmm. because anybody held them away from the polling place. Exactly. And not because they couldn't get a ride mm-hmm. because they just don't do it. And it's, yeah, yeah I, we're, we have ourselves to blame. That's all. And the story, yeah. that's my piece. Yeah. So I'm just going to quickly uh, say this and we'll have to discuss this on the next program. We'll continue this discussion. And, you know, here's some of the crap that is going on in this country for voter suppression listeners, voter registration restrictions, criminalize criminalization at the ballot box. You know, some states are discouraging voter participants by imposing arbitrary requirements and harsh penalties on voters and poll workers who violate these rules. You know, like, for example, um, Michelle and Georgia lawmakers have made it a crime to provide food and water to voters standing in line at the polls. How crazy is that? Uh, felony yeah. disenfranchisement. A felony conviction can come with drastic consequences, including the loss of your right to vote. Some states ban voting only during incarceration or while on probation or parole. Uh, parole. Redistricting and gerrymandering, we just talked about that. Every 10 years, states redraw district lines based on population da- data gathered by the census redistricting and gerrymandering once again. Um, I mean, it's just, 
it's just too crazy, you know, but 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 too often states are redistricting as a political tool to manipulate the outcome of elections. That is gerrymandering, G-E-R-R-Y-M-A-D-E-R-I-N-G in big tall letters. And is widespread, is undemocratic practice, and is stifling the voices of millions of voters. So, Michelle, this was a great discussion. You know, you and I do well uh, together. Yeah, well, thanks um, for having me. Oh, you're welcome. You're welcome. Um, Listeners, uh, Michelle and I will be back uh, next month. And I I hope and pray that all of you out there enjoyed our conversations. I know I did. I'm sure Michelle did as well. And I hope that you've learned something. Have a great day. Be blessed. Treat yourself well. That's where it starts. Always uh, have your head up knowing that you are important. This is Teresa E. Keeves, the host for Here's Teresa. Be safe out there. God bless you, and I'll talk to you next month.